we had to develop our audio DNA without a blueprint. We had to fight the fight to get people to understand why this was more important than just their logo. They, they kept saying, well, how do I measure my return on my, my money? So it was a very low line item for funds until it started getting a little bit more important and a little bit more important. And where it started getting out more and more people started speaking at conferences. And then more things came out that people were really aware of the sound and they really enjoyed the sound. And then more devices came out and then social media and the customer has choice. And if you sound all over the place or you don't hold up to what you say you are, it's very apparent. It started to become a time where people really started to pay attention more to their sounds. Welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Audrey Arbini of Audio Brain. Thank you so much for joining us, Audrey. Thank you for having me. Those that don't know you, can you go ahead and introduce yourself, your company, and how you got into sonic branding? My name is Audrey Arbini, and I live in New York City. I specialize in sonic branding, and I've had uh, Audio Brain for 18 years, and I've been doing sonic branding for over 25 years. We do many of the world's largest brands, and we do very small brands as well. But the consistent thing is that we do believe in the power of music and sound to create wellness, health, and well-being. And that could be literally in the health field, or it could be something for YouTube kids. But sound that is meaningful, sound that is intentional, sound that is well-researched, sound that is aligned with the brand, we specifically do sonic branding. Uh, For those of you who don't know really what that is, it's the art. It is an art because you're creating, but it's also very scientifically driven. It's the art and the science that surrounds the strategic development and deployment of a consistent, authentic sound and experience of a brand. So when you have this alignment of this experience, you now have a sonic identity and it's called audio branding, sonic branding, sound branding, acoustic identity. It consists of music, voice, sound design, and I put vibration in there too. And I was glad I heard somebody last night and they were speaking about vibration as well, because I put that too as well as part of sound. And that's what we do is what we really do is we don't just create sound. We're not a music production company. We are specialists in finding what the right sound for the brand is, trying to find the right voice figuratively and literally for a brand, what's authentic to them, where their sound is touching the customer, how we can help them leverage it out, and how we can build out sustainable, unique sonic assets that emotionally connect to the audience and make the consumer feel better and bring about a better revenue, return on investment for the brand, and bring consistency across where the brand is heard. I've heard different stories for this. Would you define sonic branding as an element 
or is it the entire package? So for example, if somebody came out and had a Sonic logo, would you consider that Sonic branding or is that just sound design? That's really interesting. It is Sonic branding. Uh, there's many facets to Sonic branding. So you have a sound logo, you have a brand theme, you have executive walk-on music, you have room warming soundtracks, you have AI, you have um, uh, events, you have all kinds of different things. It is Sonic branding, but it's one touch point of Sonic branding. So if somebody does the research to find out what their brand stands for, what the brand mission statement is, and some brands don't know. And they make sure that what they're developing is aligned with the message and the authenticity of that brand, then that's sonic branding. Not everybody is going to be able to do every single touch point that the brand has heard. Some brands can only do a few. But as long as they're doing it, not arbitrarily, or not because uh, an agency puts it at the end of a commercial and it's researched and it's validated and it feels right for the brand, then yes, I do consider that Sonic logo, Sonic branding, but it can also be part of a bigger, a bigger platform of touch points. How would you differentiate between a jingle, and a Sonic logo? I think both of them are part of Sonic branding, personally. I think for many, many years, that's all that people thought about. They thought about a logo, like Intel Inside, or they thought about a jingle, which was a little song that went along, uh, you know, like I'm Loving It from McDonald's. That's a jingle. If it's authentic and if it's on brand and if it conveys the brand message, then it's, to me, it's part of Sonic branding. But the jingle for me is more song-like. And the Sonic logo is more like an imprint. It's something that I think can stand on many more different touch points, like the beginning of a call center or the end of an advertising, but but they're both part of sonic branding. One is more musical, snap, crackle, pop, rice krispies, or any little song you can remember from when you were a kid, that's a jingle. The problem is, is that people only thought of that. And they didn't realize that what was playing as people walked into the room to an event was equally as important. They didn't realize that the voice that was on their call center was equally as important. They didn't realize that having localization and authentic voices from other countries that were very vetted for their translations was important. So... That's really the difference is that they were part of Sonic branding, but they were touch points and usually part of advertising, usually stemming from advertising or maybe a film, you know, uh, like a Columbia Pictures logo or something like that. 
film has always been great for sonic branding, creating moods and creating the right atmospheres. But most people will think of logos and jingles, and that's where it ended. And I'm doing it long enough to tell you that's where it ended. Except for the bright, really smart brands. I found it very interesting with insurance companies where they've had those jingles for so long. Think of uh, Nationwide is at your side. And it it really started from a jingle. The music would be Nationwide is on your side. And they didn't even necessarily, if they played the music, that was Nationwide. And then they started putting the lyrics attached to it. And now they could speak it. And you you hear that jingle. You have that mnemonic in your head already. Right. And so I feel like from this jingle, they built into kind of a sonic branding. Because um, like we've spoken about, uh, sonic branding isn't just music. It can go down to vibrations. I believe it could even go down to rhythms. And it, if you rhythmically say this jingle, nationwide is at your side. You've got that mnemonic in your head already and you've you've instilled that brand into your head that much more so i feel like they worked almost backwards having a logo or a, a jingle and turning it into a form of sonic branding and it's still just touch points like you said but i find that really fascinating right and their brand they're all brand messages so those two particularly the jingle and the logo lie within the um the starting point of sonic branding. Most people will understand a mnemonic and they will understand a jingle and they will co-mingle the two of them and be successful with memory of the brand. But it's in reinforcing it and turning it from a singular asset to a living, breathing, holistic brand experience is where the sonic branding evolution comes in. I, I say this all the time, and if you're if you're doing your diligence, and we do tremendous research, and and we've done a methodology for a very long time. However, it's not stale. We change it quite a bit. Our our process is the same. What we do with that process is very different. So I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, those sonic branding firms, you know, the, the five of them or whatever, you know, they've done their process, but we now have a new process. You kind of don't to a degree. You have new ways to deliver or new ways to communicate. We had to build our tools from scratch. We had to build how do we articulate what's resonating with the client without a blueprint. We had to develop our audio DNA without a blueprint. We had to fight the fight to get people to understand why this was more important than just their logo. And we were very fortunate that we did our research. They kept saying, well, how do I measure my return on my, my money? And it also was a very low um, line item for, for funds. My neighbor next door has got garage band. How he'll just write something. You know, until it started getting a little bit more important and a little bit more important. 
and word started getting out more and more people started speaking at conferences. And then more things came out that people were really aware of the sound and they really enjoyed the sound. And then more devices came out. So it followed a progression with uh, a more uh, technology-driven society. It People needing more of an emotional connection because we were getting more digital, you know, and social media and, and the customer has choice. And if you sound all over the place or you don't hold up to what you, you say you are, it's very apparent on the internet and on social and all that, it started to become a time where people really started to pay attention more to their sounds. And that's when it expanded. But if you look at someone like Disney, you look at someone like HBO, you look at someone like Apple, you look at all these different brands that have been very, very successful, have always embraced sonic branding. And it created a feeling for the brand, not just a sound that people recognize, but that you felt something when you heard it. Music and sound has that power that it's just, you know, I know I'm biased because I, I am music, but uh, it, it has that power that the other senses have in their own way. But I feel like music can get to your heart that much faster. Sound can uh, get to your heart that much faster. Um, like if you hear a really good rhythm, a really good beat, like that goes right into you. And um, your comment about the, oh, I have a neighbor with GarageBand, it's its so true. I feel that music and sound is the last thing on the table after everything else has been invented. And it, it should it should be a player right on right on the forefront. I, I believe that for sure. I really liked uh, how you explained uh, 2020 <laughs> at <laughs> Voice Summit. Was that in October? I believe it was in October. Um, can you kind of explain what sonic branding looked like in February, March, or February 2020 to March 2020? The year before March 2020. So we go, we, 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 we roll through what was happening the year before. And, you know, like I said, we're doing this a very long time. I'm extremely interested in, in, in psychology and psychoacoustics, biomusicology. We do a lot of research. We did surgical robotics that year. We did um, a heart health monitor. Okay. I spoke up at Harvard Medical School, which was a real highlight for me. I made some of my best friends up there. I was on the Forbes Business Council. Our clientele in America line, we've been working with for a long time to get all of their ships aligned in sonic branding. And we had done, I think, 13 of them. We had done the last two in December. We waited for them to come back from Europe. December 15th, we finished them. And they sound exactly the way we envisioned it. You know, 10 years when they called me in Beijing and said, what you're doing for uh, NBC Olympics with the organization and the diligence to the content, we would really love to speak to you about that for, for our cruise line. And we have everything integrated. 
and we have everything uh, very advanced technologically. Spoke at Project Voice in Chattanooga, had a wonderful, wonderful time. Spoke at CES with Whirlpool, um, did projects with Logitech and Google, and I wrote a chapter in uh, in the book, uh, Voice Technology and Healthcare, getting re- all ready for the big party at, at HIMSS in March, uh, and was getting ready to do uh, what would be my 10th time as music supervisor for NBC Olympics. And that was a, that was a big deal for me. I was happy. We, we were all ready to go. And I spoke on Vayner X yacht in Cannes. And that was fantastic. Um, I had my mentorships. I wrote articles. It was a really, everything that I had wanted to get into place and put a real effort into getting into place and, and Sonic Brandon started becoming enormous that all of these fantastic opportunities started coming in my direction. So as I'm getting ready for, to go down to Florida, to Hims, I think it was March 13th. <laughs> uh, we were uh, going to be leaving Audio Brain for a few weeks. Everything thereafter changed forever. Like everything flipped after that. So I went from rocking and rolling and just having things, the things that I loved, the science, the, the writing, the speaking, the teaching, my guys were happy. We had great products we were working on. We were on, we finally, we finally got to Alaska. We did, I think, six or eight ships in Alaska. It was just a, a wonderful time that just turned on a dime, but also brought other things to the forefront. We, we really had to very quickly adapt. So what I did was I moved the studios remotely to my composer's places. We still have our studios in the city, uh, but we also set up remote studios so we could all work remotely. I think it works fine 80% of the time. We, we didn't lay anybody off. We didn't furlough anybody. We had our projects. It was a little challenging getting it going at first, but a lot of opportunities came up. You know, there's a lot more podcasts now. People are listening to sound a lot more. People are using sound more. People are incorporating it because we have so many more devices that were a little bit, and these, this is just my opinion, because I work a lot in, in healthcare, and it's critically important to me. And healthcare was on a very good path, but it wasn't on its strongest path, not like it is now. Now, once you started with telemedicine, once you started with remote devices that can transmit directly back to your doctor, once you started with having to communicate with people that you couldn't be in contact with, my opinion, the biggest 
area of growth probably in, in, in 2021 is two of them, and one of them is in health and science. No question. They took such a giant leap during this period of time, and it helped so many people. And they've really done tremendous work in this area. And I'm really happy to be a part of all of that. How has the asks changed when you when you bring in a client? Are they um, understanding more and more sound and its importance? Are they um, cutting back because of budget cuts and restraints? Um, how has the workload changed for you for incoming? So obviously you have your clients that you're working with now, but how has the incoming work changed? I think we have more product sonifications, but we've always done a lot of product sonifications. So that's not unusual, but it's just more, we have more of them. People that have products that are already out there are adding features that maybe are more geared towards children or more specificity to them. At first, people didn't know what to do. They were just sitting home waiting to see what, what was going to go on. And now it's the opposite, and brands are really, like, I have a presentation this afternoon and then another one tomorrow. Both of those projects, those proposals, which were for corporate identity, sound logos, sonic branding, few touch points, um, were done in 2018. They want them now because they're being left out. They're, they're missing these opportunities. How can you get to, you know, something that's, let's say a podcast, if you don't have even a sound logo, if you don't even know what a sound logo, why it's important. So some of these brands, and you'd be surprised, some gigantic brands really don't have many cohesive assets. Stay tuned for next week when Audrey and I finish up our conversation on Sonic Branding. You don't want to miss it. A lot of gold from someone in this industry that knows. If you want to get a hold of Audrey, you can find her on LinkedIn and Twitter, as well as her official website, audiobrain.com. If you're enjoying these conversations on sound and marketing, then I know you'll love this. I have a course on sounds, power, and influence in marketing that you can enroll in at soundinmarketing.com. Years of research has gone into this course, and I'm confident that you'll learn a lot. My goal is that you'll be able to take this information and begin applying it to your brand or company. And if you need further help, I also consult. So head on over to the site to preview the trailer, view the curriculum, and sign up for a dose of sound in marketing. You can find the Sound and Marketing podcast on all the major podcast channels, so don't forget to share it with your friends, follow, and rate it. More people should know about this stuff. I know you know that now. For any other inquiries, you can find me at Dreamer Productions, that's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.